Hi, this is Laura with Kick-Ass in Life, where I help you get hired fast, be smart with money, and be a happier and healthier you. Today's episode is all about your career. First, how to find and get a job and how to make your mark once you are in it. And we have a very special guest today from The Muse. I love going to The Muse, which is a career website with advice, recommendations. It also has a job search site as well. And I recently actually shared my story about when I made the move to New York for a Muse article, and I invite you to check it out. Uh, But I am so happy to share my interview with Elise Kalish for the podcast. She's a writer who initially got started at The Muse through an internship. And she kept following up with them and was totally unforgettable. So when she graduated, they offered her an associate editor position. She's now an editor at The Muse and writes about careers. You can't just wait around for someone to give you your dream job. You have to go after it. um, And it's okay if it doesn't happen right away. um, But taking those steps will get you where you need to go. I talked to Elise about her career as a writer and an editor at The Muse, how she stood apart in her internship to get that first job, And she has great advice for how to write a cover letter and create a portfolio site so you get noticed and get hired quickly. And before you accept that job, how to negotiate your salary so you get the most out of it. And more. This is pro tip after pro tip. And I'll recap at the end with some of the top takeaways. But without further ado, here we go. So tell me a little bit about how you got started as a writer at The Muse. Sure. Um, So I was an English major in college um, and always wanted to be a writer, always wanted to get into the editorial world. Um, And when I was a senior in college, I actually applied for an internship at a bunch of different places, um, but ended up applying to the Muse. Um, They had an editorial internship opening um, and it just seemed like a really awesome company. I loved the content they were doing. So applied, um, made it through the final round and actually got rejected. Um, So I ended up actually reapplying again um, a few months later and then got the job, Uh, sort of worked my way from an intern um, all the way through when I graduated um, and landed an associate editor position um, and then slowly worked my way up to an editor position. Congratulations. And so I want to talk about a couple different things about that path. Um, First off, like how did you handle the rejection when you got like rejected that first time? Yeah. So I really, I mean, I really enjoyed interviewing with the people. And so I wanted to make it really clear that I I really liked their company and I I wanted to work for them eventually if they were ever having any openings. Um, So I really tried to keep the door open. Um, So when I got that rejection, I sort of emailed them back and I was like, "Um, thank you so much for letting me know. Um, I really enjoyed meeting with you. Um, If there's any, any time, ever any openings um, in the future, let me know. Um, And so sort of kind of showed that I was interested. And so what ended up happening is when they, uh, when I was looking for internships again, um, my senior fall, I reached out to them and was just like, I'm curious if you have any openings. Again, I loved interviewing with you and, you know, I hope everything's going well. Um, and then they immediately responded and they were like, well, yes, we're hiring for an intern. We'd love to have you. So I think sort of leaving that door open really helped, you know, sort of elevate me to a level where I could get an internship. I think that's really smart because it's it's showing that you're really interested in the role and not letting them forget about you. And I think that's half of the battle, especially when they are hiring for um, you know an an internship and they've go, going through hundreds of resumes each time. But then if you can trickle to the top and show, hey, I'm here, I'm still interested, then it it makes it them a lot it makes it a lot easier on them to find the right candidate. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so talk to me about how you sort of during your internship, how you, you know, stood apart, what you did differently so that you could transition into a full-time role. Yeah. I mean, I think sort of all the basic rules really worked in my favor. Like I just worked really hard and I I said yes to everything and I was sort of available whenever they needed me. Um, I was only working 10 hours at the time and I was a senior in college. So obviously I had classes and all that stuff, but I I really sort of prioritized my internship just because I I really wanted to work for them when I graduated. And, um, and so I just, I I put my whole all into it. Um, so it was really responsive, um, was really like following directions, but also showing interest in lots of different projects. Um, was really learning and getting feedback from my boss um, to make sure that I was continuing to improve. Um, yeah, and then just you know showing enthusiasm for what we were doing and what we were writing about. Um, again, just having that energy that I think is uh, really crucial and you know showing that you can do the job and do it well. Yeah, I think that's really great, especially considering you know you. It's a very competitive landscape out there, and so for you to show your interest and enthusiasm every day, I think that really goes a long way in your interest to learn more and be tasked with more responsibility. Definitely. Um, so, tell me a little bit about like advice that you have for for people that are interested in a career in writing, where would you, where, where should they start? What, what should they do if they're just getting started? Maybe they've just graduated. How should they start? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, the biggest thing is doing it right. Like you have to show that you can write and you can write well um, and you can write for the internet, which I think are all really different, but important skills. Um, And so I always recommend whenever someone's trying to break into this field is, you know, start a blog, you know, it can be about anything. It can be about your life. It can be about your travels. It can be about your family or your friends um, and really show that you can tell a story in a compelling way Um, and also make it, you know, something that you're really passionate about. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people apply for writing jobs and they are like, oh, I'm really passionate about writing. But then when someone asks for a writing sample, they don't actually have any proof to show that they do it and that they're excited about it. Um, So I always recommend people build sort of that online portfolio. Um, And you can even take a step further, like freelancing, you know, pitching to different publications, stuff like that. Um, But even just having your own personal blog is enough to show that you're you're really interested. And I think that was one thing uh, that helped me stand out when I was applying was having my, I had a blog from when I was studying abroad in London. um, And I sort of used that in my cover letter. I sort of referenced it. And I also included it on my resume. And I think that really helped in showing that even though I was an English major and I didn't necessarily major in journalism, I, I did have that passion for writing. I think that's really smart. And also what's true about that is especially the portfolio, writing a resume and a cover letter that shine and creating those marketing materials that help sell you are is so important and critical in any job you're looking for. So what would you recommend for creating some of those marketing materials for for your resume and your cover letter and your portfolio to stand apart? Yeah, I think it's really helpful to tailor your experience. Um, so I think if you're interested in food journalism, for example, like make sure that you're, you're writing about food and you're, you're showing an interest in that. Um, if you're interested in travel writing, making sure that you're, you're doing that travel writing. Um, when I was applying for an inter- internship at the Muse, they were very focused on careers. And so um, part of my interview process was I had to submit writing samples sort of around careers. And so I talked a little bit about, you know, my job search as well as 
you know, internships I'd had in the past. And I sort of used that to show that I could um, talk about careers in a way um, that would be really interesting to an audience. Um, so I think really understanding, you know, who you're pitching to and who you're trying to get a job with um, and, and using your writing to sort of showcase that, not just in your writing samples, but also in your cover letter. You know, again, I think that having a tailored cover letter is the most important thing you can do in a job search because a lot of people think that you People don't read them or they're not important, um, but they, they really are a great way for you to show your personality in a way that your resume just doesn't, um, especially if you're trying to get into a writing job. You know, people are going to read them because they just want to see how you can write. And so that's just another example of being a writing sample in your job search. Yeah, I think especially tailoring your your resume to the job you're applying for is really important. And I, I always tell folks, like, it's okay to have multiple versions of your resume based off of the, the jobs you're applying for. Because if you're just getting started, you may be applying to different types of roles, but that may not be a one-size-fit-all resume to you know, get, get noticed. So I think it's okay to have different resumes for the different jobs you're applying for. And I think that's sort of a creative way to to look about the job search, about tailoring your experience to, to the job that you're looking to apply to so that they just know you're a fit immediately. Absolutely. And I think the other thing too is, you know, if they're going to spend, you know, six seconds on a resume, which is, you know, sort of what the common out, the common you know trend is, um, you want to make sure that the right things are standing out. So when you're applying to a sales role versus a writing role, different things in your resume should be standing out. Um, and so make the reason when you want, you want to tailor your resume is because um, you can make it really easy for your resume to be skimmable and for people to find the things that matter. Yeah, that's great. And beyond your marketing materials, how else would you recommend getting hold past that black hole of applications? Yeah, um, I think networking is is such an important tool. Um, and I think not enough people utilize it. Um, when I was trying to get internships back when I was a junior in college, um, I was reaching out to like alumni from my university. Um, and these are people I've never met before, people I like would never have interacted with in my life. Um, but I, I sort of reached out via LinkedIn and via email. And I was like, I um, a junior in Colgate University, I would love to speak to you about your role and, and sort of, you know, how you broke into your field, you know, advice that you might have. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people were really excited to talk to me. Um, and I wasn't asking for a job. I was really just asking to pick their brain um, and understand, you know, sort of their knowledge of the field and, you know, how I can fit into it. Um, and I think that's just so important for anyone to do. I mean, it, for one thing, it's going to give you a leg up when you go to apply if you have a referral from somebody within the company, but also it's just a great way to sort of narrow down your options. Um, if you just don't know what you want to do or you're interested in lots of different fields, being able to talk to people and understand their experience um, can help you figure out, you know, what do you want in your job? What do you not want in your job? You know, what do you want your day-to-day -day look like? Um, what kind of company do you want to work for? Um, and those are sort of the the questions that you can ask um, and the answers that you can get from other people. Yeah, that's super smart. The And I think what you described too is true about the networking the, the right way, because I think there's like a wrong way of networking, which is just purely asking for a job, which yeah. that's not what it's about. It's about really building a relationship and figuring out how you can build a relationship with these people that you um, kind of know only peripherally, like you only know through your your LinkedIn or maybe through your alumni network. So it's like, how can you build a relationship too so that they want to help you? Because I think, gen you know, if you reach out to somebody with a genuine interest in what they do, they will be eager to talk to you as, as you experience when you're reaching out to some of those folks to get more information about what they do. And, 
you know, but if, but if you're networking saying, oh, I just like, you know, I saw this job posting. Can you hook me up with that? Like that's, that's obviously like the wrong way to go about it because networking is the basis is building relationships. Yeah. And I've experienced both in my career in that I've had people reach out to me and be like, I'd love to just, you know, learn a bit about how you got to working at the Muse and what your job is like. And that's been great. I'll just have like a 15 minute coffee with them. Um, and it, it's wonderful. And, you know, they might ask for a job afterwards, but at least I, I have a face to a name. I have a little bit more background I can use to um, refer them in a way that makes sense. Um, but then I've had other people reach out to me and just be like, I hear you work at the Muse. Like, can you refer me? And I'm like, well, I don't know you. So I think it would be a little weird if I refer you. Um, I, you know, I want to be able to help people, but you have to give me something to work with if I'm going to help you. Exactly. And I think it's also, um, you know, being in that position where somebody asks you to, you know, meet for a coffee, you know, if they're putting the, the ask in, in a, in a really nice way, you know, it's flattering. You of course want to say yes, you know, if you have the time to devote to it and then for the person then to, come prepared, have done their research to know what they want to get out of that conversation can really help for a, you know, a fruitful conversation, one full of, um, you know, good takeaways and, and as opposed to just like, okay, tell me what you do, (laughs) you know, where, where, um, you know, in that position, it's like, well, you can find on LinkedIn what I do. Why did you want to meet with me? Right. And I think, I mean, the one thing I like to emphasize about networking is that it really is a give and take. You have to, you have to give the person something, you know, if I'm going to refer you, like I, I want to know why I should refer you and how is it going to benefit me? I think the end of the day, like if you're a great employee and you end up doing a great job, that makes me look really good. Um, but I'm not just going to refer you just because you asked me to, it does have to be sort of a two-way relationship. Um, and it has to help both of us in some way. Yeah, Totally. Um, so what, what is, what are some of your, as, as you write about career now, you are a quote unquote career expert. Um, although there's always more you can learn, but you, yes. you, you know, you are, you are in it, um, day in and day out. What are some of the top lessons that, that you think are really incredible and best pieces of advice for someone just getting started in their career? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard because it's it's easy for me to write about the career space, um, but I was also, you know, I was in the job search and I know what it was like when I was, you know, graduating college and trying to figure out my next move. And I think it's really hard, I, I think. And so I, the best advice I, I like to give is it's okay if you're struggling. It's okay if you don't know what you're looking for. It's okay if your job search is taking time. Like you're, first of all, not alone. I think everyone's going through it and everyone's experiencing it. Um, but more importantly, I think the right job will fall into your lap um, when it, time is right and when it makes sense. And I like to tell people that you really shouldn't settle for a job that doesn't make you happy or you know, something that's just easy. Um, but I'm also realistic about the job search itself. And so um, if you want to take a job that's just sort of a stepping stone to where you want to go, that's okay too. And, and you might be surprised a job that maybe is just so, so in your mind um, could actually teach you a lot and get you where you need to go. And so sort of, you know, overarchingly, I like to tell people, you know, just be open-minded, you know, be open to new opportunities um, and be able to work on different things. Um, You'll eventually get where you need to go. Um, If you're a driven, hardworking, you know, passionate person, I have no doubt that you will get where you need to go. Um, But also give yourself some slack that, you know, 
you you're figuring your life out. You know, this is a time when things are really difficult. Um, so you know, don't be hard on yourself. You know, understand that you know you're still learning and growing, um, and your career is just starting. And so there's no rush to get where you need to go. Um, so yeah, I think I try to take like a realistic approach, just because I know how hard the job search can be for people, and um, I I think everyone has different needs and wants. And so, you know, trying to be honest with readers and also trying to help readers be honest with themselves about what they really want. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I think that there needs to also be like a willingness to just get started because I think, you know, sometimes you can almost be paralyzed by fear by trying to, oh, well, I don't really know what my dream job is. So I, none of these look like my dream job, so I'm not going to apply to any of these, but, but maybe, maybe, you know, you will learn something from every experience that you, that you have. And which I think is really great, you know, so if you're not in your quote unquote dream job right away, well, that's okay because you can still learn what you like, what you don't like. You can learn something from anything, meet really great people. And then that could help narrow in on what you really want to do. So I think getting started somewhere in your field is, is good. And, and having it, like you say, having an open mind about the possibilities that that can bring can also really help you too. Yeah. I think paralysis is such a problem in the job search. We get so many people writing in of all ages being like, I don't even know where to start or what I'm looking for. And you know what, that's a totally normal, okay feeling. Um, but you have to take baby steps, right? Um, you have to do something. Um, because once you start to start taking those steps, um, you'll start to pick up momentum and things will start to come into place. Um, but you can't just wait around for someone to give you your dream job. It, you have to go after it. Um, and it's okay if it's, it doesn't happen right away. Um, but taking those steps will get you where you need to go. And also, I think what holds some people back is this idea of the imposter syndrome, which is, you know, you self-select out of opportunities because you maybe feel like you're not good enough. And even in your, in your career, um, it's something that you have to deal with too of, of feeling not good enough or how did I get where I, where I am? I don't belong here. How, how do you deal with that? And how do you, how do you recommend people deal with that dealing with imposter syndrome? Yeah. Um, so I think imposter syndrome obviously is everywhere. Um, it's happening in the job search and it's also happening like on the job too. And so I think when I was dealing with it in the job search, I was very much like, I'm going to try to meet 80% of the requirements. I think the reality of it is, is nobody is perfect. Nobody is going to check every box. And um, if you have something unique to bring to the table, that shouldn't stop you from applying to an opportunity that you're really excited about. Um, You'd be surprised how many hiring managers are just looking for somebody that's excited and energetic um, and maybe doesn't check all the boxes, but has that um, unique personality that they're looking for. Um, so again, just reminding yourself that it's okay not to check all those boxes. Um, and sort of on the job, I I like to tell myself that again, like nobody's perfect. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Um, and it stinks and I I make mistakes all the time and, um, definitely can be really hard on myself in that way. Um, but I try to remind myself that, um, this is normal and it's a learning experience and it's making me a better employee. Um, and then I'm always sort of leaning on other people um, to help me through that. So if I'm struggling with something or, you know, sort of really suffering from imposter syndrome, I'll, you know, go to my boss or go to a colleague and be like, Hey, can I, you know, run this by you? Um, or I'm, I'm really struggling with this one thing. Like, can you sort of, you know, lead me in the right direction? Um, and sort of having that outside voice telling you that you're doing okay um, can be really helpful. And you sort of need that reminder um, because I think our, 
inside our heads, we can be really biased um, and really hard on ourselves. Yeah. And I think we're always harder on ourselves than reality is. And so we make it harder for ourselves by being so hard on ourselves. Um, What, so when it comes to salary and thinking about money, how do you approach salary negotiation, especially when you're just getting started where you may feel, oh, great, I got a job. But then the next step comes in is, should you negotiate your salary? And I think the answer is you always should. But how do you approach that maybe for those just getting started, not super familiar with the process? Yeah. Um, salary negotiations are, are terrifying. And again, it's everyone's terrified about talking about money. It's just a reality of our culture. Um, and so the biggest thing is do your research, right? So, um, you know, figure out what are people being paid in your field, you know, talk to other people, do research on, you know, sites like Payscale um, and sort of understand, you know, what is the norm for the industry and is the salary that they're offering you in line with your experience in this field? Um, if it is, um, I think, negotiating could be about more than just salary. If you're looking to have that conversation, you can negotiate flexible work hours, stuff like that, um, if money necessarily isn't important. Um, But if you're not being paid that way, which unfortunately is um, very common, um, having, you know, sort of practicing how you're going to present it. um, And usually the way we recommend people talk about it is, you know, I've noticed in my research that um, salaries are between X range and this range. And so um, I would love to discuss um, a salary in, you know, either this range or this you know, number. Um, and again, sort of practicing that with other people. So you get comfortable and confident saying it. Um, and again, I, I totally agree. I think everyone should negotiate salary. It's such an important skill. And usually when you negotiate, you, you get what you're looking for. Um, and so that's the biggest thing that holds people back is they don't negotiate, especially women. Um, and so it's highly encouraged, you know, sort of getting that practice and doing that research um, and sort of going to that conversation confident that you know you're, you're, what you're talking about and that you can convince the hiring manager otherwise. Yeah, I, I think that's excellent, it's especially what you say about doing your research for what the market offers. But also, you know, I think taking stock in what you're uniquely great at that you're bringing to the table, whether you're at an existing job and you're doing these things or you're negotiating for a new job. But aligning the things that you're bringing to the table to what they're looking for and what the market offers is also really smart. Yeah. And I I always recommend people, if you do want to use your own experience, I mean, again, you can sort of present in a way of like, I, you know, I, I bring X, Y, Z to the table. And as a result, I believe I deserve X, Y, Z salary. Um, and you can absolutely say that because I think, again, you bring a unique set of skills to the table and chances are the hiring manager is willing to pay for yeah. that. And they're not going to say, the worst that they're going to say is no, or give you a different number. And then you're, you're playing that ball game, but, um, you know, they, they're probably not going to take away the offer. So it's worth just putting the ask out there confidently, um, because you're great and they found, they found you and they want you. And so, you know, it's taking stock in that and realizing, oh yeah, I am great. I'm going to get what I deserve. Um, so what, how do you take care of yourself when you're not working? What do you do for self-care? Yeah. So a bunch of things. Um, I really try to limit my screen time. I think, you know, my job especially requires me to be sort of staying at a computer all day. And so I really try to, when I go home, you know, read a book or, you know, cook dinner or, you know, talk to a friend on the phone or, you know, in person um, and sort of get that, you know, off the screen time um, so that I can sort of rest my brain and my eyes and also, you know, just 
take care of myself. Um, and so, yeah, I really try to, you know, make sure that I am taking care of myself physically, you know, working out, um, you know, cleaning my apartment, making sure that, you know, the rest of my life is organized and, you know, healthy. Um, and then really just trying to get enough sleep, which I think is everyone's problem. Um, and I don't think you'll ever fully nail it down. Um, some days you'll just have late nights, but I really do try to get to bed at a reasonable hour so that I can wake up the next day fully refreshed. Oh, that's great. And I don't meet a lot of people that prioritize sleep like I do, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to have my bedtime at 1030. But I'm very, right. you know, I think some of the creating some of those routines for yourself does create for a happier self because you have less decisions to make in your day because you know, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed at this time. I don't need to figure out what time I'm going to go to bed. Um, so I think little, little things like that by creating a routine can help make you a little happier and healthier. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to sort of hold yourself accountable. Um, it's one thing to say, like, I want to sleep or go to bed earlier. Um, it's another thing to say, I want to go to bed at 11 o'clock. And so I have to get X, Y, Z done before I go to bed. Um, it's just a nice way to, you know, really make sure that you stick to your routine. Cool. And so what's next for you? How are you kicking ass in your job or in life? What are you thinking about? Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really trying to build the skills that will get me where I need to go. And I'm also trying really hard to figure out where I want to go in my career. Um, but uh, up until that point, I'm, I'm really trying to um, capitalize on all the great um, tools and resources and knowledge that I have in my current role. So, you know, building skills in my role that I may not have or may not be really strong at, um, you know, leaning on mentors within my job and outside my job, you know, really grabbing coffee with people I admire, old bosses and colleagues, um, as well as, you know, leaning on my current boss to help me reach my long-term goals. And so um, really focusing on, you know, nailing down my skill sets that wherever I want to go, I know that I'll be uniquely qualified um, and be able to excel at it. Cool. And so what what are you thinking about reading, listening to, consuming in in to either help you get to that sort of next level or just in life that makes you um, feel fulfilled? Are there any podcasts or books you recommend? Yeah. So, I mean, as a writer and somebody who's interested in, you know, writing both, you know, breaking news, but also, you know, more culture writing, um, I'm really just trying to read anything and everything that's, you know, quality content. So um, I love reading, you know, New York Times, you know, Vox Media, BuzzFeed, um, you know, people who are doing really unique stuff with storytelling, um, and, you know, learning from their experience and how I can replicate it. Um, I love podcasts. Um, They're one of the things that I listen to just for fun. Um, But I'm a big fan of This American Life is some unique storytelling. It's just um, an incredible way to um, talk about um, unique news and culture um, that's not written word, but more spoken word and, you know, doing that investigative journalism that way. Um, And so that's really interesting for me because it, again, helps me figure out how I'm going to tackle my own writing. and yeah, and I'm a big fan of, you know, I love reading fiction books. Um, so maybe it's more of like a guilty pleasure is that I just, I love reading books that maybe aren't related to my field, but are just really good storytelling and um, really interesting reads. Oh, cool. Yeah. And especially now that it's, um, you know, it's, I think it's so, there's just so much content out there, um, yeah. you know, but I think prioritizing reading every day is another way to, to be a little bit happier and healthier. And especially for some place like living in New York, the commute can be so long and annoying, but with a book or a podcast, it just makes it go by so much faster. Totally. Um, so tell us how we can find you if you want to share your social. 
Yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is Ali Slice, A-L-Y-S-L-I-C-E. Um, you can also follow me on The Muse. Um, you should see my author page um, across the site. Um, so feel free to take a look at that. Um, and yeah, I mean, feel free to follow me. It should be fun. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that a great interview? There was great takeaway after takeaway. So I'm here to recap them for your top quick tips for today's episode. So get out your notes app, get out a pen and paper if that's your style. Here we go. I loved what Elise said about how to show enthusiasm and how to show up every day in the office. Whether or not you're an intern or have a full-time position, showing enthusiasm, showing that energy that you like the job and can do it well and you want to learn more. Elise also shared the importance of creating a portfolio of your work. So whether that is starting a blog or creating a portfolio site in some way, but to show off you in the best way by being able to share examples of your work. Network within your alumni association. So feel free to reach out to somebody you don't know. Ask them for 15 minutes of your time. Ask in a really eager, smart, intelligent way, and people will be more than willing to meet with you. When you are entering your salary negotiation, practice aloud what you'd like to make. Make that ask. Do it with a friend so that when you are in the actual negotiation, you are prepared. Elise had some really great self-care tips. So when she's at work, she's on her computer a lot. And at home, she tries to limit her screen time. So she also tries to take care of herself physically, working out, making sure her physical space, her apartment is clean and organized. So the rest of her life is organized and healthy. And so she can remain centered throughout the day as well as getting enough sleep because we can always use some more sleep. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please recommend it, rate it, review it, share it. It helps others find it. If you have more questions or want to do a deeper dive, please visit kickassin.life. Yes, that's the URL for more. Email me, kickassinyourlife at gmail.com if I can help you in any way. And on that note, go kick ass in your career. Until next time.